can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Forty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Muck Bill Yabro sitting in for Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the May 18th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Sonny is on his way to Kigali, Rwanda for the Basketball Africa League playoffs and finals. Following his reporting on all the BAL action right here and on Twitter and Facebook. Let's get the ball rolling with the latest on the Premier League. We're in a title race to finish off in the Premier League following Liverpool's 2-1 victory over Southampton on Tuesday. Liverpool is second in the league, one point behind leaders Manchester City. VOA's Gwen Uten tells us what's at stake for the two teams as we head to the final round of the games in this season. Liverpool defeated Southampton in a must-win match on Tuesday to keep their title race alive until the final day of the season. Southampton netted an early goal, but Liverpool midfielder Takumi Minamino equalized the score in the 27th minute. Then in the second half, a stooping header by centre-back Joe Matip sealed the win. Liverpool was without key defender Virgil van Dijk and Egyptian star Mohamed Salah, who are both sidelined with injuries. Manager Jurgen Klopp made nine changes during Tuesday's clash, and after the win, Klopp said he was impressed and touched by the exceptional performance of the team's substitutions. Yeah, fantastic, absolutely. Fantastic. Actually, I'm so happy about the performance because it was a bit touching to uh, honestly it was, it was like, wow these boys like having Ferraris in a garage and then, and then you let them out and they, they directly you know, do like this Harvey I'm not sure when he played last time Curtis no rhythm played from time to time Takumi Miramino it's a crime he's not playing more often these kind of things really Oxley didn't even play <laughs> Um, and it's an outstanding shape. So all these kind of things. Eh, that's, it's really, it's really tough for the boys, but they own sometimes. But um, whatever happens this year, happens because of this group. Because of this group, it's exceptional. Um, and tonight I showed that again. Tuesday's result brings Liverpool one point behind leaders Manchester City ahead of the final games of the season. On Sunday, Man City will host Aston Villa and Liverpool will face Wolverhampton at Anfield. To put it simply, if Liverpool wins the next match and Man City loses, Liverpool will clinch the title. So Jurgen Klopp says Sunday's match will be another must win. From my point of view now, again, second, you think, yeah, of course, City wins that game, but it's football. And we have to first win our game. It's not that we like, talk about Wolves as, as they would not be there. That's difficult enough. Imagine that. We go there and have with one ear in Manchester. It's not too far away. And then Wolves, Jimenez, Bam, uh, Huang, whatever, and, and they're heading the balls in. But, um, so we will be 100% focused. But because, last time when it was that close, um, City won it because, let me say, 11 inches ball in, not in, stuff like this. So many things happened during this second part of the season. We, uh, I think if we would become champion, it would be deserved as well. But for that, we have to win. And then we have to see. 
Manchester City are the reigning champions in the Premier League, and last Sunday the team had a chance to defend the title at West Ham United, but they dropped points in a 2-2 draw. The title is still Man City's to lose. A win against Aston Villa will give them their fourth Premier League trophy in five years, regardless of how Liverpool performs. All season, Man City has been a relentless winning machine on the pitch, but manager Pep Guardiola recently revealed that he doesn't want his side to be remembered for their dominance in the league. He wants them to be known for having fun. We have fun. That is the best legacy. The, the part when we have been something in our lives. It doesn't matter profession, we have fun. And football is nice when you do something involved because behind there are a lot of people our fans, our people that likes to be with us, that they were born being City fans, and they said, okay, in that period we were fun. Every time we watch them to play, we win games, we play good, and this is the best legacy that the sport can do. It's emotion and give something unique. When we watch our games and playing that, that is the best, the best rewards for sure. Man City's upcoming opponents, Aston Villa, are managed by legendary former Liverpool captain Steven Gerrard. Villa currently sits 14th in the Premier League and hosts Burnley on Thursday ahead of their final match. Meanwhile, the Wolves head to the end of the season and their match against Liverpool at eighth place in league standings. The season concludes on Sunday, May 23rd, and then we head to France, where Liverpool will face newly crowned La Liga champions Real Madrid in the Champions League final on May 28th at the Stade de France near Paris. Thanks, Gwen. In cycling news, Eritrean rider Biniam Germay slipped through a packed group at the annual Giro d'Italia race on Tuesday and sprinted into the history books as the first black African to win a Grand Tour stage. Girmay finished second in the opening stages of the race and claimed four more top five placings before his victorious finish in the stage 10. And after his win, Girmay told reporters he believed he could make history in Italy. Yeah, you know, until I start the Giro, yeah, we we have the possibility to win, to make a good result. So this is also part of the success, our team, my family, everybody, you know. So it's, you know, every day they come new history, so I'm really uh, grateful and happy about what I did. Moments after capturing his historic win, Girmay's podium celebration was interrupted when he popped a sparkling wine cork in his eye and was rushed to a nearby hospital. His team doctor has revealed Girmay suffered a hemorrhage in the anterior chamber of his left eye, and his injury will be followed up by a medical team in the coming days. Girmay has not been cleared to continue at the Giro d'Italia, and he is pulled out of the race. The events marks the first Grand Tour stage victory of Germay's career and the second time he's made history. Last March, he became the first Eritrean and African to win Belgium's Ghent Welvem, classic just days shy of his 22nd birthday.
We here at the sunny side of sports wish Biniam Girmay a very, very speedy recovery with our congratulations on making history for Africa and Eritrea. And now we shift from the road to the court with the latest from NBA playoffs in Miami, Florida. Jimmy Butler scored 41 points, and the Miami Heat turned things around in the third quarter to beat the Boston Celtics 118-107 in the Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals on Tuesday night. Tyler Hero scored 18, and Gab Vincent added another 17 for the Heat, who outscored Boston 39-14 in the third quarter. Butler had 17 alone in the third, outscoring the Celtics by himself over those 12 minutes. Jason Tatum scored 29 for the Celtics, who were without starters Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Jalen Brown scored 24 for Boston, which got 18 apiece from Robert Williams III and Peyton Pritchard. Heat coach Eric Spolster said Butler was key to turning around the game. You know, Jimmy just really uh, inspired uh, everybody in that third quarter. Those two steals uh, kind of changed the momentum. Um, And then every time and pocket in the game when we needed to control, you know, the game uh, or get the right shot or make the right decision, uh, Jimmy had his fingerprints on on that. Um, You know, you're you're seeing great two-way basketball uh, really on on both sides, you know, he was lined up against a, a great player, you know, the entire game. That great player was lined up against him. This is this is what it's all about, elite two-way basketball. Butler gave credit to his teammates. I have so much trust in my teammates, um, and I will continue to play that way. I've been a quote-unquote scorer at other points in my career, and it didn't work out too well for me. So I'm glad that I have the guys that I have around me and with me. And I know that they're going to fight and go to war to battle with me every single day. Um, So I'm going to keep trusting them and I'm going to keep giving them the ball. Celtics forward Jason Tatum was clearly disappointed in his performance and said the team hadn't been quick enough to counter the Heat's run. You know, I guess it's out of the course of the game. Things happen and they go on runs. That's what they did. And, you know, throughout the course of the playoffs, we've done a great job of responding. Um, to runs after, you know, call a timeout, things like that. But, uh, you know, for whatever reason, we didn't today. And, you know, I'll be the first one to say I'll take the blame for that. Uh, You know, I got to lead better. I got to play better, especially in those moments. Uh, You know, and I'm just looking forward to responding, you know, next game. Game two of the series is Thursday night. But there should be plenty of action on court tonight in San Francisco. The Golden State Warriors tip off game one of the Western Conference Finals against the Dallas Mavericks. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's Premier Men's Basketball League to bring you the second season of the BAL. 38 games. 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt, and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7 FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game. 
daily highlights delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. And speaking of action, Basketball Africa League 2022 play resumes on Saturday. The BAL playoffs tip off Saturday at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. Sonny Young will be in Rwanda with our VOA colleague Eddie Rima to watch the action. Catch all the BAL news the updates, the post-game reports right here on The Voice of America. Also, check us out on the new VOAAfrica.com website. And here's Iron Mike Mbonye with more on the BAL. A member of the board of the Nigerian Basketball Federation tells him the league will grow superstars on the continent. Eight teams will take part in the playoffs of the league from May 22nd to the 28th at the Kigali Arena in Rwanda. Felix Aguo is a member of the Board of Nigeria Basketball Federation. Awugo spoke to Iron Mike and says the BAL has potential to produce players for the NBA in the U.S. Well, I wouldn't say much about them. Of course, it's been a very busy period, of course, trying to fix up all the little decrease in Nigerian basketball, having a lot of meetings. Uh, but of course, the game on the between the 24th and the 28th of May in Kigali, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be quite an interesting um, basketball uh, event, of course, with the format. Unfortunately, we, we did, I don't think we, have, we didn't have a team in this current edition, but hopefully after everything is sorted, we should be able to uh, resolve all our differences and get our own basketball on the front burner. This is the second edition of the Basketball Africa League. And uh, what, yeah. what's, what do you make of the league as it affects the growth and development of the game in the continent? Well, the good thing is, I think there's a lot of fun coming in. Uh, it's done by NBA uh, in conjunction with the African leadership. So it's, 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 it's pretty good. Uh, it's also kind of growing superstars in the continent uh, where we have a lot of kids all looking towards football now I think they will be looking towards uh, some legendary uh, basketball players especially coming in from the NBA uh, we know uh, some like uh, the, the champions from the first edition uh, but let's, uh, let's just uh, uh, wait and see but I think it's a positive development it is good for basketball it's the first of its kind and we're actually excited about it a Nigerian team did not take part in the second edition of the Basketball Africa League. Are there plans in place to ensure Nigeria's participation in the next edition of the league? the court issues in the Nigerian uh, angle and I think uh, the league will be kicking off very soon. Hopefully we'll be having a meeting again to look at the strategies around the league and also approach other sponsors. Of course, DSCV used to be the sponsor of the league. We want to see if we can also reach out to DSCV and find out uh, if they can come back uh, so that uh, the league can also come back and uh, grow the way it was growing uh, before the issues around uh, legal ownership sponsorship and what of you. So let's see. Let's hope uh, in the next uh, few weeks uh, the league will come back. The Southwest Zone of the Nigeria Basketball Federation is planning to organize a program for youths in the zone. Can you tell us the aims and objectives 
of this uh, program and if if you've encouraged other zones to to emulate the southwest zone to organize similar programs for youths in their areas well, I must give kudos to Lumitere Deji, who was the rep of the Southwest Zone, for putting that together. I must also tell you, a lot of other zones, I mean, the South East just did something in Oweri. Uh, Ugo, who is rep- representing the South East on the board, has uh, also been doing a great job. Uh, likewise, in the North East Zone, there's currently a basketball league going on there. Notwithstanding uh, all this happening there and there, we must say, fine, we're happy. And of course, the MBB is also engaging Nuga to see if we can start up a collegiate uh, basketball league, uh, which is one of the major objectives to develop uh, basketballs among to make sure we return basketball to the universities. Of course, this is a fallout from the last Nuga game held by uh, held at the University of Lagos. We've had a lot of technical meetings, and it's going to be a major, major milestone uh, for school basketball or collegiate basketball, as uh, the name is. And uh, we're excited. We saw a lot of talent at the last Nuga games, and these are the talents we need to upskill and then uh, make them more competitive around uh, the country. Nigeria has over 100 universities and it is sad that uh, we have not taken advantage of this numerical strength, the population of the youth and the quality of basketball in these uh, universities. So we are bringing that to the front corner and it will be a major part of the Basketball Federation programs. That was Felix Awugo, board member of the Nigeria Basketball Federation. He spoke with reporter Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lagos, Nigeria. And to all our listeners, please know we have moved our programs from voanews.com to voafrica, to voaafrica.com. There you will find all your favorite VOA radio and TV programs and a whole lot more. Find us on voaafrica.com. Voice of America. program lineup live anytime day or night pick out your favorite shows and listen anytime you want download our podcasts check voa mobile from your cell phone subscribe to voa news voanews.com I encourage our VOA listeners to check out the Sunny Side of Sports Facebook page. The address is facebook.com slash VOA Sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com slash VOA Sunny. You'll see photos and videos, and you can post your comments. So check out the Sunny Side of Sports Facebook page. Voice of America. I'm VOA's Muck Bill Yabro. In Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports. Now we go to golf. Tiger Woods making a comeback from injury in Jordan Spieth's 
quest for a career Grand Slam will seize the spotlight in Thursday's opening round of the 104th PGA Championship. Woods, a 15-time major champion and three-time major winner, Spieth are grouped with four-time major winner Rory McIlroy in a marquee trio for the first two days at Southern Hills in the southwestern U.S. state of Oklahoma. Top-ranked Masters champion Scotty Scheffler, 2021 British Open winner Colin Morikawa and second-ranked Spaniard John Rahm are among the most fancy players, are together as well, but might struggle to match Woods' group spectator count. Woods says he thinks he can win, but admits his recovery makes it a hard climb. Monday, Monday, uh, it it was not not fun. It it hurt uh, a lot of ice baths and uh, just trying to get the swelling out of there. And then uh, we went back at it leg day on Tuesday, and we kept going from there. And I said, "Let's go." You know, we we figured you the first mountain you climbed was Everest. I mean that. It's the steepest golf course you're going to play, and that was the first one you climbed and climbed, and so it's going to get flatter and better. Um, but still, it, it, I still have tough days, and um, things aren't, aren't going to be as, as easy as people might think, but uh, I feel like I'm doing better. Um, I'm having more days in which are, are better and more positive, um, able to practice a little bit longer, um, so I'm able to do do activities and, and things that um, I was hoping to do, and I'm finally able to do them. Woods suffered severe leg injuries in February 2021 car crash, spending weeks hospitalized and months unable to walk. His emotional return at last month's Masters ended with a share of 47th and a stamina struggle. He saw walking 72 holes as a major feat and says he's stronger as another endurance test looms. He has plenty of competition on the course. If he wins, Spieth will join Woods, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player, Ben Hogan, and Gene Sarazen as the only players to sweep all four major titles in their careers. Top-ranked Scheffler, who captured the Masters this year, says he's not feeling any extra pressure this week. So I've, n- I've never really been a guy that uh, looks at too much stuff about myself. I don't want to get too high or get too low, and so... Um, I've really just performed my best when I keep my head down and not really pay attention to anything else. And so all I've been doing is, you know, we celebrated for a bit after the Masters, but uh, not too long. And um, I you know, was preparing for last week. I didn't have my best stuff. I made you know, a few errors, but um, I still gave myself a decent chance to win the tournament. Um, I wasn't there on the back nine, but if I would have you know, made a few less mistakes at the beginning of the week, I could have been there. And um, this week, you know, I feel like I'm in a good spot mentally and you know, I'm well rested and uh, it's going to be a long week. So I think rest was definitely important. Defending champ Phil Mickelson won't be on the course when play begins Thursday. He withdrew after months of controversy over his comments about the PGA Tour. Kick it!
On Africa News Tonight, we let the sound tell the story, putting you in the middle of events from Africa's news to world crises. Africa News Tonight comes to you live from the Voice of America, Monday through Friday at 1600 and 1800 UTC on the following shortwave frequencies, 6080 kilohertz, 49.3 meter band, and 15580 kilohertz, 19.2 meter band. Also live on the internet at www.voaafrica.com. Shifting into high gear, let's go to Formula One news. Charles Leclerc has the lead, but Max Verstappen has the momentum ahead of Sunday's Spanish Grand Prix. The defending Formula One champion has chipped away at Leclerc's advantage in the standings by stringing together consecutive victories. The difference is down to 19 points. And racing fans had a lot to look forward to later this month. Drivers are already doing practice runs for the greatest spectacle in the race, the Indianapolis 500. Two-time Indy winner Tacoma Soto shot to the top of the speed chart late Tuesday on the first day of preparations. Soto went 368.44 kilometers an hour around Indianapolis Motor Speedway to bump six-time IndyCar champion Scott Dixon as the fastest on opening day. Jimmy Johnson was third fastest, followed by teammates Marcus Erickson. Race day is on May 29th. Wrapping up our show today, to cheers, tears, and hugs, the Special Olympics Invitation Games finished today in Malta. The event was the biggest in the world for athletes with learning or intellectual disabilities since the COVID-19 pandemic and saw 1,000 athletes from 23 countries take part. Athletes competed in six sports, swimming, athletics, boach, bowling, football, and table tennis. American Johnny Robinson took the bronze in 200 meters run and described the competition in Malta. Athlete from Malta, uh, I would say all over because I can't pronounce the name though. <laughs> but they were very, very polite, very something that you see in a very lifetime. So it was like very interesting. Anna Kaliha is the head of Special Olympics Malta, and she was pleased by how the Games went after more than two years without international competition in Europe. First of all, it was the biggest event of, after the pandemic, so we were all geared up for it, you know. It opened back doors, you know, and, and it's, it's like, it was like a fireball rolling for us to see these Games there, uh, here. So it was an amazing experience, I'm telling you. The Special Olympics were founded by Eunice Kennedy Shriver, the sister of former U.S. President John F. Kennedy, in 1968. The Games provide sports programs for millions of athletes with intellectual disabilities all around the world. And that wraps up the May 18th edition of the show. Don't forget to check out our new webpage, voaafrica.com. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Muck Bill Yabro in Washington, and that is the sunny side of sports. I get it.
it. 